Thanks for listening to the Pro Video Podcast. Weekly insights into everything video. Proudly presented by worldpodcast.com. Here's the host, Blair Walker. Hi everyone, thanks for joining me on episode 7. I'm Blair Walker on the Pro Video Podcast. We'll hear from incredible content creators from around the world. There'll be tips and stories on creating video content, including filming, editing, color grading, motion design, 3D, workflows, and more, plus info on the best tools and technologies. On this episode, we have my very good friend, Adrian Lawrence, Associate Creative Director at Future Deluxe. Adrian discusses the creative process as a motion director when working with talented teams producing high-end motion design. Having worked at numerous top studios around the world, this episode explores creativity when you move from being on the tools to overseeing the project and leading the creative direction for motion design. All right, let's go to that interview now with Adrian Lawrence. This week, we're with Adrian Lawrence. He's a longtime friend of mine, somebody that I went to tech with and studied with, and I count him as one of my best friends. And he's also a designer and director who's known internationally with some outstanding work. Thanks for coming on the show this week, Adrian. Yeah, no, no problem, Blair. Good to be here and good to yeah, be chatting to you again. It always feels a little bit too long between chats. <laughs> yeah, the months do kind of roll by, but uh, no, it's awesome getting a, the message from you just to kind of do this. It's it's pretty exciting. So yeah, yeah, glad glad I can help in any way I can. When I started the podcast, you were definitely someone who I wanted on and to talk to you about your work and, and your experiences through your career. When we do chat, we sort of um, talk about family and friends and we've never really had a full in-depth chat about your career especially. Uh, no, no, that's true. Yeah, we always kind of, I guess we talk about work a little bit, but it's always just their kind of surface stuff, kind of what projects are going on and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's always yeah. good to talk about the family and the more personal stuff. Yeah, no, it's a good opportunity to kind of delve into it a little bit more. Excellent. You're in London at the moment and I'm in New Zealand, so you've just woken up and I've just put the, the youngest boy to bed. So thank you for jumping <laughs> on the call straight away. No, it works quite well because I'm obviously a morning person and you're a night person. I remember <laughs> our, our days of uh, flatting together when we were studying. It always kind of worked that way. I always tell friends actually like, you know, how I'd be rocking into, you know, design school like at 6 a.m. in the morning and you'd kind of just be leaving your, your night shift kind of thing. So Yeah, it was quite funny. Like, yeah, cross, crossing over at the, the middle, early hours of the morning. Yeah, yeah, because we were flatting together and we shared a house at that time. So it was... Um, quite funny that we'd have a house to ourselves and then we'd swap over shifts and then we'd have um, a lab full of computers to ourselves as we took over the um, the 3D lab at the end of that year. Yeah, that's crazy that I was doing 3D at that time too. <laughs> it was quite well, interesting. First and, la- first and last time I've done it. Oh, really? You haven't delved into 3D since? No, no. That was, uh, that was a crazy year actually. Um, kind of trying to learn mayor and uh, kind of get my head around that, but yeah, it was, it was definitely a good stepping stone for me because it kind of just. Um, I think we're doing video. There's a video sort of class at the same time, wasn't there? And mm. I think a basic 3D cast class that we kind of did together. But um, yeah, it was, it was obviously a good stepping stone just to kind of get into that that animation, motion kind of broadcast, commercial kind of world to know how you know how things work. So definitely, it, it helped me in that way. But as far as actually staying with Maya or any other 3D program though. No, I've, uh, I've, yeah, like I said, it was the first and last time I've kind of I've done it. 
in most recent years been a designer, but more a director as well, director of um, design and animation. It was interesting looking at your Gods of Egypt project, which actually resonated back to that project that you were doing way back <laughs> at Tech. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny how things uh, <laughs> come along like that. So just just the backstory, yeah, the the the, the one year that I did do that kind of um, as our post grad mayor kind of courses that I did focus on um, an Egypt kind of themed project, and then as as Blair mentioned, we just um, uh, in Australia we did the titles for Gods of Egypt. So yeah, <laughs> working on that, it was like ah, oh, I remember all this kind of research. <laughs> yeah, I remember your your um research book and it was full of illustrations and notes and about um the temples and things like that as soon as i as soon as i saw this latest piece it it just took me straight back to that time (laughs) yeah research research definitely hasn't changed on my part and it's massive like just yeah kind of the start of the project just looking as much stuff as you can and just writing as much notes as you can and just kind of going off in tangents and all over the show before you kind of start to rein it in but um yeah so that, that's definitely something that hasn't hasn't really changed on my part you're working um with the director alex Prius. yeah yeah that's right and he was in australia at that time through that project yeah i th- think he actually lives there to tell you the truth Right. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he's got a house in Sydney. If he, yeah. I presume he lives part time there at least. But um, because he's known yeah, for he, iRobot and other other films. Yeah, I think he did iRobot, and I think the other one or other one that I recognised was oh, actually, yeah, Knowing, and then yeah. he did um, oh, he did a really dark, dark one that I actually hadn't seen. And then when we got this job, all the guys um in the studio said I should watch this film it has and I watched that and it was it was yeah really interesting film but it's totally gone off the top of my head at the moment that was when you were working in Australia but now you're actually moved back to London something that I love about you is that you explore this world of ours and every year I'm like so what country are you moving to this year Adrian <laughs> <laughs> yeah I don't know what it is to tell you the truth I don't know if it's the smartest thing to do but um yeah definitely moved around a little bit so yeah started off and I'm, I'm from New Zealand, so studied in, like we were saying before, studied in New Zealand with Blair. And then did I probably, well, we worked at, no, we didn't work at TVNZ together, did we? No. I did we, sort there, of, did we didn't cross you, over. No. No. That's right. I joined after. Yeah. Which is um, New Zealand's leading broadcaster, TVNZ. Yeah. So it was, it was basically working in New Zealand for a couple of years. I worked at actually Images and Posts with you, didn't I? That's right. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And then... Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just this kind of wanting to jump overseas and kind of work with uh, studios that I really liked, but also just kind of, yeah, throw myself out there and see what's out there, basically. So um, went to Toronto for a couple of years and then to London and then to Germany and then to Sydney. Now back back to London's basically been the, the path. Yeah, you've so, worked for some outstanding companies doing a beautiful, amazing high-end work. What are some of the companies that you've worked at and where have you ended up now? So in Toronto, I worked for a company called Crush. Um, they actually just unfortunately closed down, I think, just oh. this year or last year. Um, Gary, who is the the, the owner, um, amazing, amazing, amazing creative director, uh, friend, um, who I still keep in really close contact with now. Um, yeah, so I worked for them um, for those three years. Uh, they sort of were a post house. 
So they had the sort of the setup of the flames, but they had like a little sort of, I think there's five or six of us in the design studio with the three and then and plus a 3D team. I guess this is going back to, what would that be, like 2008, maybe even a touch earlier, 2007. Yeah, he was sort of, it, it's kind of crazy to think now because it's so common now, but I guess not many sort of post studios had their own sort of design team. And he, Gary kind of came from this quite creative, I think he was a flame guy originally, but he, I know he had this kind of creative flair and understanding for it and just wanted to kind of really push the design. So it was kind of a cool time because we just got these crazy briefs that, you know, looking back now, probably didn't have much much money. He's probably probably making a loss on us for each project, but he just wanted to kind of. We got the chance to do these crazy projects to kind of put them on their their website, show all the different work to all what the flame work was doing basically, and yeah, just get get you know, just kind of build a name for themselves, I guess, and doing doing the design stuff as well. And we had some really good success actually, even though they're pretty basic. Now we did one one really standout project was we worked for with Douglas Copeland, who's a a Canadian, pretty famous um, Canadian writer who wrote um, the book Generation X, I think it was, and then he did this uh, this other book called The Gum Thief, which he wanted these little viral videos. So we ended up doing these little little videos for him, and they ended up you know, doing really well in the Canadian kind of advertising scene. So yeah, some really really nice memories um, from Toronto for sure. And then yeah, moved to London after that, um, where I just basically freelanced for two years. So. Got to work with you know, really good studios like Nexus, um, Golden Wolf, who are more sort of 2D, 3D uh, cell animation kind of type work. And then um, Territory, is, who's kind of more visual effects-y film um, with their kind of their interface kind of uh, work. So, yeah, and it's actually been amazing seeing particularly those last two companies grow because when I, when I was working for them, I don't know, 2010, I think, 2011, they were just like, you know, we're – when I was working for them freelancing, I was just, they're just like five people kind of studios. And now when I come back to them, coming back to London, they're like, you know, they've just grown so much. So it's been awesome to see, you know, that kind of happen over the years. And then after that, I actually think my visa was running out. So I had this dilemma. And this is, this is a little bit, this isn't just work. It's a little bit personal. But so I met um, my now wife in London and then my visa was running out. So uh, <laughs> for us to be kind of still close together, I thought I've got to, got to find another studio that's going to, sponsor me and I, I've al- always been a huge huge fan of Zazut so I just kind of sent my work over to them and they luckily liked it and, and flew me over and we met and we all got along and so they decided to sponsor me so I ended up going to Zazut and working there in Hamburg for uh, I think about a year or just over a year and then Francesca and I decided to wanted to live in the same country so we ended up um, moving to Australia where I worked for um, the good folks, uh, Finn, um, got to work on some really nice projects there. Um, they're really known for their 3D, so that was pretty nice to have this, you know, the, you know got a, I don't know how many of them, it's, it's not massive, maybe eight guys, the 3D guys. So it was just um, it was just so good to see kind of work with eight guys and, yeah, getting winning these projects and then getting to direct them and the head guy had a 3d there's Stu, who's ridiculously talented and um, technically but also has a really good artistic eye as well so just yeah getting to work with him on and you know co-directing jobs with him was just uh an absolute pleasure so yeah really really enjoyable nice jobs there and then we decided to make the move back to london i don't know just to kind of throw ourselves back into a big city and maybe get those more wider range of jobs 
that just seemed, you know, that London just the London kind of studios just attracts. So yeah, came back here and freelanced basically for a year. Actually, I think in the first week I landed, I actually contacted Future Deluxe and um, Andrew, who's the owner, met with him and a ridiculously nice guy, and we just got along so well. And he goes, "Look, I'd love to work with you." And it, it kind of took us a year to for him to, I guess, have the right jobs and 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 me to be free. And I, I freelanced it for them for a couple of months. We both just you know, agreed that this was just working really nicely. So he brought me on as a as a full time employer. So yeah, been been working there for the last three four months full time yeah it's kind of brought us over the last 10 years up to yeah, up to date that's a really interesting point is that the relationships you build along the way um you don't know when they will fully come into play and so much of this work is is viewed but people can't see the process and the relationships behind the work and, and it is an industry of passionate talented people um who want to work together and when they align great opportunities come out of it. So it's nice to hear that you're able to end up at Future Deluxe after that initial meeting. Yeah, look, like as far as the relationships go, um, it's everything really. Like, and I appreciate that more now actually than probably what I did when I was younger. When you're younger, you're kind of, well, I was anyway, just, you know, just gung-ho and you're just like throwing everything at it. And But as you get older and the projects get bigger, I guess, um, but yeah, working in teams and, and finding the best kind of skill what each person can bring to it and knowing how that all works is just it's so vital. And obviously if you get along with the people, it's it just it makes it so, so much easier. Um uh, working with friends is an actual pleasure. Like it reminds me of actually we just finished a, a pretty big job, just literally wrapped it up two weeks ago and um we had to fly over uh, a really good friend of mine, Vitaly, who I, who I met in Germany, actually, um, when I was working at Zezu. And then he actually came out to Australia for a year. Um, so, yeah, got really, really close to him. And, and so we flew him from um, Germany to London to work with us on this job. And just working so closely with a friend, like it's you just the communication. There's probably less communication. We just understand what, you, what each other likes so much quicker. And it just it breaks down all those those extra talks that you have to have or explaining yeah. something basically it's just it's more you know you just get each other and 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 when you know we were going to the gym together or going to dinner and you just you just you're still talking about oh what about this shot or how yeah. do we fix that and it's just it's it's i don't know it just doesn't feel like work as much it just, it just feels like yeah what, what we do in conversations um looking through your portfolio again today um, i saw vitaly's name on um the need for speed style frames ah vitaly because um when i came over to sydney and i caught up with you caught up with him as well it was really nice to put a face to the oh, so you met him ah yeah. awesome yeah yeah, yeah. Um, we were he's around. such he's such a nice guy to work with as well <laughs> so it makes yeah. it even you can't get mad at him <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's so like he's so happy and just wants to do the best work and yeah it's just about having that passion and drive really we all went uh, around the wharf area when they had the light festival. Ah, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. I still got photos from that, actually. That's cool. Yeah. I love that. Was that the one with that giant um, white rabbit? Bunny? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that yeah, was I cool. That. Yeah, and you're staying in that hotel, actually, looking over all that area, weren't you? That's yeah, it right. was a yeah. primo, primo view. Good <laughs> <location>. <laughs> um, wrong with you. <laughs> Yeah, so I saw on the on those style frames. It was I'll link to these as well. Really beautiful, 
style frames, the energy that was captured in them, that was what really impressed me. Got such a um, sense of energy and speed from a still frame with the style frame. That particular execution, the creative got changed. Yeah, I think we got quite far into it. Like they got signed off and we're getting super excited about it. I could be completely wrong on this and could be make up a whole other story. I don't know. <laughs> but in, my, in my head it goes this way. We did these frames, but we were super excited about them. I think... I was going to say agency, but I have a feeling we're probably de- dealing directly with a client on that one, yeah. the Need for Speed guys. They were all like super excited about them. We were super excited about them. And then for some reason, just as we're about to start actually going into production, I feel like they, they wanted to change it completely, like put it on a white background. If you've seen these frames, they're all quite it's dark and <laughs> light-based, and then they wanted to chuck them on a white background, which obviously – the it's light's like, harder to do on white, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be surprised how many times it comes out. Can like, we make this request, beautiful like, yeah. light on white? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think we had to probably scramble and change it. And It's not a normal process, but it must happen occasionally. To invest in a, a style and then have to start from ground up again, you know, that's part of the job is to pull your pants up and <laughs> move on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, happens way more than what you'd probably think. Oh, really? <laughs> probably. I don't know. Every job probably. <laughs> I don't know. There's, there's certain degrees to it, I guess. There's a couple of things, I guess. Like when you're younger, I, I don't know. If, again, I felt when I was younger, I was way more stubborn. Because you you're just so invested in it, right? Like yeah. You're staying up late nights. And of course, the client or agency don't know this, but you're staying up late nights. You're waking up at you know 3 a.m. in the morning thinking about it. And you go, oh, my God, I've just I've solved this. It's amazing. Okay, I'm going to get this down in a frame. And then... You know, they see it and, and, you know, they want to change it. And those changes can either be just slight tweaks or to quite major changes. And But even if it's a slight, slight tweak, it's, it feels like it's like, oh, no, that's just going to that's just gonna ruin the frame. Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> it's yeah. perfect as it is. But as you, I don't know, I feel like now, well, I try to feel like now, the client has comments. So you just, it's just a new sort of thing that you have to incorporate. And it's rather than looking, it's like, oh, why, why are they changing this? It's, I guess you're trying to look at it as like, okay, this is just a new challenge. I just need to twist this. And potentially it could be better than what you thought it could be, I guess, yeah. is yeah. how you try and deal with it now. But it's always, it's always hard. Cause it, and it's, it's only hard because your mindset is such in a place that this is what you thought it was. And it's just, it's just how fast you can change your mindset from that place to the place that the client is thinking, you know, but put, again, but having to invest or put your spin on it again to make it look super beautiful. Yeah, it's just it's just getting that across. I think something that's probably different for people who are producing various video content to the type of work that you're doing is how important style frames is. Um, I think a lot of people are used to having storyboards, maybe animatics, but for showing clients and getting sign off on what the look and feel of the end piece is going to be style frames are hugely pivotal how do you find the balance of working on a style frame to working on the production of a piece yeah that, that's a that's a huge one um it's it's pretty it's it's pretty funny to sort of talk about that actually because at future deluxe like i've never met a or never worked for a company that invests so much of their time into kind of you know r and d look development style frames like it's it's insane what they'll they'll kind of <laughs> do on that which is amazing from you know our point or you know a design sort of yeah. person's point of view because it just you know, you're kind of used to even even other companies that you know where i thought was lots of time you know a couple of weeks to kind of get a style frame out or 
um, or at least to do little animation tests and kind of thing where future flux, yeah, they can, they can invest a lot of time. So I guess it just varies in the way how we do it now is, again, I'm just thinking over my career, like where I would have been probably a lot, lot more hands-on, just like saying before, I don't do 3D now, but most of our projects are definitely all like 3D, Houdini, Cinema 4D type work. So when I was doing the style frames myself, I'd be doing them in Photoshop and um, After Effects or that, that kind of stuff. So um, sitting down, there's nothing nicer than sitting down and kind of just losing yourself and getting this uh, frame out. Where now we'll get a script in and then we'll do storyboards. Um, but at the same time, we'll be sort of thinking about the look, obviously. And it's trying to work with one of these um, either Houdini artist or a, a Cinema 4D artist and trying to get in their brain and they're trying to get in my brain and they'll pass me frames, I guess. And then I'm just thinking of actually what I was just doing yesterday, um, a Houdini artist that we're working with in, um, in Paris actually um, was sort of putting out these frames and then I'd kind of be getting his stuff and, and sort of mashing something together in Photoshop to just trying to convey how I kind of saw it, the, the mood, I guess I was just trying to yeah. capture and, and the sort of the form, the shape and giving him, you know, giving him that. And then he kind of goes back and takes it on board and, and pulls out another frame. So, so it's quite an iterative process of back and forth. Totally. Yeah, totally. Has to be. No one, no one nails anything on the first go. It's, it's kind of funny talking about it actually, because it's just human nature that you'll do so many rounds, but then you kind of go, okay, what's wrong with this kind of thing? You know, this just gets to that where I think it's trying to maybe ties in a little bit what we we're talking about before working with friends where you sort of just feed off each other a little bit more and you're just back and forth, back and forth. And yeah, because um, yeah, that's what you need really. Like it's that, that is to me, that is the creative process, right? Like to yeah. nail something first time is pretty, pretty rare. Yeah. I think a lot of people new to the process can be really exhilarated by getting a result. And it's um, the result is only a step forward, and it's yeah. um, it's it's the hard work comes in really that last fifty percent, and then the hardest work is in that last ten percent, and it's just pushing yourself to refine and make it as good as you can, and it's never finished. It's just left, isn't it? Really, yeah, essentially, yeah. yeah. You never really finish a job and go, oh, well, I really nailed that one. <laughs> it's always like. Oh yeah, it's almost like you feel like you could, <laughs> you do, you do, you do the job, and then you almost feel like, right, I learned so much doing that job. Now I could do it again, and I could do it again the actual, you know, the way that you want to do it, because you just you learn yeah. so much on a job, and you just you end up just running out of time, obviously budget. So. Yeah, and they're the jobs that um, you grow through so much, and they're always the ones that are scariest when you're in it. Sometimes the ones where you know you're pushing yourself outside your normal comfort zone and the pressures of time and budget are looming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Stress levels can shoot up for sure when you've got a bit, you know, you've got, because obviously you have the final delivery, but you've got so many steps along the way, like sign-off, like you're saying before, um, storyboards, previs, animatics, style frames, uh, edits. There's so many each week if you're kind of trying to hit a deadline of some sort. There's a few themes in your work that really resonate with me and I think that your background in stop motion and the work that you did for art, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, it's probably arte. Yeah, I think that's how you pronounce it. I don't know, I'm not, I'm not Spanish either, so that's how I'd pronounce it with our New Zealand accents. 
RT, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really felt that resonate in the work that you were doing for Challenger and that stop motion feeling coming through and the CG work that was coming and that was being done. Do you feel connections between periods of your career and taking things that you've learned and putting them into new mediums and forms? Yeah. Um, I feel like I'm always trying to take the polish off CG, whatever project that is. Obviously, it's very easy for when we're working in these programs to have a certain look to them. And it's generally a bit more of a, like very, it's very clean and, and I wouldn't say sterile because I think, I, I think a lot of the design at the moment is, is, is very clean, but it's very colorful. So I don't feel sterile, but just, I don't know, very clean and perfect. Um, so I, I always feel like I'm in a sense trying to dirty, yeah. dirty it up a little bit, I guess. So bringing the re- um, real world back into the work in a certain way, trying to, yeah, yeah. As far as things go, I don't know. I think I was just thinking this morning. I, I don't know. I think these sort of these things you always come back to that are just pretty much fundamentals that you learn probably as a kid. You know, as as like like and these and this is just comes to helping like just frames like nice compositions, nice lighting, nice use of scale, and it's kind of getting that contrast between light and darks and or scale like large things or small versus small things. It's yeah. Um, Pulling out the gestalt, eh? Yeah. Really, like, it it is, like, so much of those very, very basic techniques are just, they just help a frame so, so much or help an animation so much. And it kind of, I think it's easy to forget that. And I'm so, like, yeah, I do this all the time is that you get so caught up in these, the programs and trying to make it bigger and better and more going on. You end up with these kind of ugly frames where if it's just kind of kept to the basics, they look they look a lot a hell of a lot nicer. I um was looking at the light and contrast that was in that Challenger work, and that's what I think I felt was so beautiful in that work was the um the light and the focus that the light brought, and what you're saying about without shadow you don't have light and you need that contrast. That was something that yeah. I really enjoyed in that work. Yeah, well, with, with that particular piece, like, again, like, <laughs> as always, it, it just comes down to the team. Like, so many awesome, talented people worked on that job. Like I said before, Stu, um, I co-directed that with Stu, and he's got a, got a really good eye for light. And, and um, actually, the, the agency showed us a really good sort of a real stop-motion piece that they were after, yep. sort of the look and the feel. So, And it was very dark, so... I love anything that's dark. I, I guess a theme, another theme I'd say goes to my work is like probably not so strong on color. I love, I love kind of monochromatic dark worlds. So yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit easier when you get a project like that. But a little bit of backstory on that job actually is that I think that script was floating around in Sydney um, for a year. I think, I think I heard someone say, and no one could kind of nail the look. And I think when that signed up, they just said, Actually, it might have been a stop motion company in London that they really liked the work of, but some, for some reason that fell through. And then, and then they sort of came to us, and we did a. I think we spent a week trying to do like I remember doing this frame. It was basically a, a, a shot of this landscape. It's actually not a scene from the final film, but I sort of picked up, I drew this kind of landscape, um, and then we got the guys to build it in three D and and just a little camera push in. So in the, in a sense, it was a it was a little animatic but it was really just showing the scene and the look with a, with a camera move but yeah. we really just tried to capture the the, the the feel of the paper and the lighting and the moodiness and 
and sort of convince that the agency that hey we we can do this in CG rather than doing it practically, which I, I don't agree with that a hundred percent. You know, I, I think you can always get a better result, obviously doing it for real. But we work in a CG <laughs> company, so we've got to use our resources, obviously. So we we convinced them, and they, and they were just blown away by the test that we did. And right, right, okay, let's do it. So they like the darkness of of their reference. So we, yeah. we kind of were able to stay in that world, and and we had like Bastion, who's a who's who's the lighting. A uh, guy on that job, a really good friend of mine, um, another German actually. I, mu- I must say, Germans are really talented. <laughs> I guess I got that dedication, <laughs> all the technical skills. But yeah, Bastian's guys are really nice eyes for lighting as well. So it's, you know, when you get to work with guys like Bastian and Stuart, it makes the job so much easier to capture that that mood. I was looking at the um, simulation stuff, um, a lot of fluid dynamics in some of your projects as well such as the Jim Beam, Apple Splash, and also the um, Panasonic Waterproof. The Waterproof is probably a mixture of both, was it? Is that, is that right? No, so that was actually, um, <coughs> so that was when we were in Germany, and um, Ola, who's the, who's the director on that, that all that water is, is all real. It shot oh, on, really? on black, yeah. So that was actually an interesting job. So yeah, he shot all this um, water. That's why it looked real. <laughs> and that's exactly what. See, that, again, a good point. If you can do it for real, it's, it's always going to look just so much nicer. Because what you find, and 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 this is actually goes back to the challenger job as well, is that when you're trying to emulate the real world, such as stop motion paper or water, for example, you spend mm-hmm. so much your time considering does this look real rather than working on the creative so it's a real um, interesting kind of kind of balance but with that water one um yeah we shot it on the water just different water takes and got hundreds oh not hundreds like but lots of different takes angles the water doing different things how we made that look really beautiful is um and again this comes down to the different skill sets and this is where i think if you're a designer you've kind of got a good eye even though you might be, not be technically advanced as you know, you're kind of your nuke or your 3D counterparts, you can really bring something to the job because we had some nuke artists, I think, bringing in the water, just using one take of the water to kind of put it around these people. And I, was, I just remember staying late and kind of thinking, man, we really need to be stitching this water, different takes to kind of gather and, and making it move around the kind of body rather than it just getting one take and kind of sticking it either behind the person or on top of the person. Yeah. Yes, we can make it kind of sort of make interesting compositions by doing that, but I just, I don't know, I felt like it really lacked something. So I remember just taking, I think, the woman in the purple dress and stitching these different water pit takes together because it's all shot slow motion, so you can kind of blend them together quite, quite easily. And kind of making it move, like because she kind of spins and moves the dress out, and I just thought, oh, should really have the water moving around the dress? So, even though I did these quick kind of tests, again, it's kind of just selling in a, an idea or a concept, and then you, once Ola said that, it was like that, that's it kind of thing, and then you kind of can pass it on to the new guys to because they're so amazing at actually comping stuff in and just making it look seamless. You know, that's their, yeah. I find that's their real skill. So yeah, everyone's got a very specific job or task in, in the sort of the pipeline, you know. Like I think just working in teams, just trying to find out what everyone's skills are. Has it been a long time since you've been in a role where you did a lot of these tasks as, as your main role now, purely director in design? Yeah, I find myself probably less sitting down and doing a um, – like a style frame from start to finish. So, for example, just joining Future Deluxe. And it, at Finn, I probably, in Australia, I, I was probably still, I was still definitely doing style frames. Um, but just coming at Future Deluxe is probably 
more now where we'll pitch on a job so you're, you're involved in that kind of process. So the, the job we just did was actually 50% live action um, and 50% CG. So a lot of the time up front was obviously since it's a live action, there's just an incredible amount of energy that has to go into sorting out the edit and storyboards and obviously then getting all the people and finding DPs to DOPs and all that kind of stuff. So location scouting, so a, like, a lot of energy goes into that. We did the live action aspect to it and then coming back starting with the CG yeah it was it was kind of again it was all Houdini work um, and Cinema 4D work it's, it's yeah it's really working with the guys trying to getting kind of that look kind of going um, yeah and that's actually the job where we got Vitaly over because Vitaly works in 3D so he was um, the 3D lead so he's working with me I'm doing the creative and he's you know, doing the 3D lead side of things so yeah I'll, I'll kind of jump into like I said before I kind of jump into Photoshop and kind of mash up some frames to, to sort of get ideas across. I'll jump into After Effects and do little tests. I'll be putting storyboards together. I do like it on this new job. I'm just doing a little 2D, 2.5D animatic before I pass it on to our animator who's now going to do the previs. It's just trying to get uh, like the direction down, essentially, and then you can pass it on to the guys. Just because just, obviously the more you can kind of solve – up front, it just it just it does le- mean less guesswork for them, and we can just the process does run a lot smoother. Awesome! It's um interesting hearing how big a part Houdini and Cinema 4D play in the workflow now. Where for a long time it was Maya, the Houdini and Cinema 4D have really come to the forefront, and you can. With, 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 I'm only mentioning Cinema 4D and Houdini because that's just what we're using at the studio at the moment. Like when I was in Australia, they were all Maya. So in Sydney, we had a team of eight, say, um, and they're very specialised. Um, so we had a specialised lighting bastion. Then we had um, Tim, who was amazing modeler and sculptor. Um, then we had a, a Roy, who was Houdini. And what else did we have? I know, I just felt like the guys were really specialised. And it seems to be that's why if you're Maya, you're probably more that way inclined, maybe. I could like, you know, obviously you get generous mayors as well, but I just felt like the guys the guys could do everything, but they did have their specialty where the studio now, people seem to be more of a generalist. One program I have seen that has just blown my mind and how much it's come about is that literally two years ago, a handful of people were using Houdini. And now it just seems every freelancer or person that we, we speak to is learning Houdini, um, yeah, which just blows my mind because it seems like such a freaking complicated program. Yeah, um, but as far as it's easier to get your kind of your ideas, I, I don't feel that, and I don't know why, but I'd, I'd probably just because the programs get more complicated, the ideas get more bigger. You're always trying to do stuff that you probably haven't done before, so mm. you still have to go through that kind of that, that almost that pain of trying to go, okay, what are we trying to do here, and how do we, how what does that look like, and how do we achieve that, and all that kind of stuff. So. It is because you're just trying to basically do something different every every project to a certain degree, or something at least you haven't done before. So yeah, it's always a learning curve. You're always pushing the boundaries of everybody's abilities as well as the equipment and what it can do. I don't know if we're pushing the boundaries, but like you're always doing stuff that I I feel like I'm always doing stuff I haven't personally done before because that's what makes it exciting, right? Yeah, I think we're saying before before we started recording it. Even if it's an amazing thing that you're doing, if you do it day in day out and you're doing the same thing day in day out, it gets repetitive, right? No one really likes it. I don't. I don't think. I think it's probably the sort of the creative is worst nightmare just doing the same thing day in day out. Where if you're always trying to do something new, um, at least that's the stuff that kind of gets exciting. 
some of us have a little bit more repetitiveness to our daily work. <laughs> it's, it's a beast, you know. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> and now it's time for the Pro Video Packs. So I was wondering, do you have a pick of the week for us? I think as far as process goes, just getting that, like I said at the start, I'm a huge um, research kind of person I guess and it's nothing new but I do use Pinterest a massive amount and it's kind of this love-hate relationship with it I guess like it, it's it's great because obviously in a studio we can all just create a board and we just we're always just dumping stuff on there and sharing stuff and trying to get inspiration I guess um, but at the same time it can be this kind of this black hole <laughs> where you just yeah you kind of get lost in it a little bit at the end of the day just like oh man I just feel a bit blah from that but yeah, and the other you know, <laughs> another day you can spend like literally five minutes on you just see something that's just like just a bit of art and you're just like oh my god that's so beautiful so um, oh, yeah I don't know if that's just, obviously that's not a secret weapon because uh, lots of people would no that, no but, the, that's perfect because so many people out there are also using Pinterest going, is there a secret weapon? And really it's not. It's about exposing yourself to the inspiration that's going to spark that creative idea. Yeah. There's nothing better than seeing something and, and it's just got, it might be like 5% of that image, but it's like, oh, wow, that's like, it's so cool the way the yeah. how they've used that, that square in the corner or something. And you're like, oh, yeah. That, and I don't know, there's something that just triggers something off on your brain that goes, oh, wow, I wonder if, if you do that, that, that it could uh, be something really cool. Yeah. Another website I like actually is Colossal, um, which is just more of a sort of an art-based website, I guess, where they just seem to put up. A lot of sculptural stuff, actually. So it kind of relates to our stuff because especially being in 3D, it's like, mm. you know, you can obviously move around objects and they've seen this inspiration, but it's actually made in the real world. Cool. Um, there's another one called um, Design Inspiration. It's more kind of graphic design-based. Awesome links for the listeners to check out, so I'll put all those in the show notes. Just wondering, who, who do you follow online? Uh, who do I follow? You kind of got me an interesting thing because, you know, I've just come off a big project where it's just it's absolutely been like three months of kind of mayhem and then yeah. uh, straight into another job. So I haven't actually had, you know, I haven't had that sometimes when you're kind of, you might be, have two weeks between jobs and you just kind of, you know, you can just have a bit of time browsing and looking yeah. at random stuff and you go, oh, this person's really cool. Um, but I don't know. Like, have you following? been following I yeah, I, 36 days of type on Instagram? Have you been seeing uh, lots of um, letters popping up? In your feed. Yeah, 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 from all different people. Is it yeah, one person? Yeah. Or? No, it's one project. It's called 36 Days of Type. And so every day there's a new letter. And that's why that's happening at the moment. I feel like that's a bit of a craze at the moment as well. Because I, I, there's definitely, we've actually got a guy in the studio, freelance. He's not well, he's, he was in the studio, but he's doing something very similar because he did it last year. And then I think yeah. I was just, it's funny because I think I was just on Instagram and I noticed someone else doing a lot of type. So it's definitely. Uh, um, it's very well known. It's, I think I don't yeah. know how many years it's into it, but like this year, there's a lot of people putting out work. Ah, oh, so it's a, it is a collective, like a lot of different people, but they all they all put okay, out, but, It's basically like uh, just hashtag thirty six days of type. Today is J. Uh, uh, right. Actually, I think today is K 
but yeah. yeah it's cake. Oh, okay, man, yesterday might have been cake because I threw a lot of cakes. Ah, right. Yeah, okay, yeah. you just filled in so much of it. Like, uh, like why is everyone doing type? <laughs> it takes me back to our first year um, typography classes because we had typography classes every year through through our courses. But um, you know, studying those type forms and the bowls and the serifs, you know, down to the finest details and things like that, and then seeing all oh, these yeah. crazy um, letters come out, and I'm still drawn to the simplicity of forms myself yeah well actually you know i've got a couple of pictures i've done myself over the years these kind of big pieces it's it's literally just pencil and type i'm just looking at one now one's just doesn't it just uses the same letter really it's more about the form and the pattern that they create yeah there's something really beautiful about type when they get to you actually i could maybe uh post to you on my instagram site (laughs) because that's the letter i was using (laughs) yeah man just jump on the tail end of it and do the um (laughs) (laughs) yes i got it (laughs) it's always the last thing you saw stays top of mind so as long as you get that z really good as well (laughs) oh yeah that's a good point actually (laughs) it's got a long game (laughs) yeah totally do you have a video you found really inspirational that you could think of that you'd like to share i've been looking quite recently and again it's no one new but um patrick clare has worked mm-hmm. I, I think he, he kind of concentrates on um well i find anyway on those basic kind of principles again like his his, his frames are very clean and simplistic but they're just beautifully composed and nothing's crazy moving around even though it's all cg that he seems to work with just everything seems to be very well considered and again that just happens because i'm looking at him like literally this last week it kind of springs yeah. to mind and finally, where can people follow you online? As I said, I'm on Instagram. It's A underscore M underscore Lawrence. L A W R E N C. Yeah. Uh, and then there's just my website, which is adrianlawrence.co.nz. I told someone actually the other day on my website, I think one of the colleagues I was working with, I said .co.nz. He's like, he just started laughing at me. <laughs> It's <laughs> like what the? It's <laughs> uh, French though, so it's all good. Uh, and then I'm just on Behance, and I think I'm probably just under my name from memory. Sweet. But, oh. but to tell you the truth, all the projects are kind of the same. So you just go to one of them, and you'll probably see the same stuff. Thank you so much, Adrian. It's been such an amazing opportunity to catch up with you and to have this chat. No, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun. I hope that you've enjoyed the show. Please take a moment to go to iTunes, leave a comment, leave a review and rate the show. It helps so much for others to be able to find the show as well. If you could do that, I'd be really grateful. I'd like to say thank you to worldpodcast.com for proudly presenting this episode and recommend that you check out their website for all the other great shows that they have. I personally have really enjoyed the latest episodes of Stupid Questions for Scientists. I found it a hilarious discussion between scientists and comedians. Another great show, the Social Media Strategy Podcast. Social media is such an important part of day-to-day business. Really recommend you checking out that show as well. Again, thank you so much for listening. Bye.